So the first detox that I'm going to be talking about, that it's something that I think we all here need to, need to listen to and need to apply, and it doesn't matter our ages. This goes for young, old, whatever. And it's we need a detox from toxic influences. So tonight we're going to learn in how to choose godly friends. How can I choose my friend group? How can I choose my friends? And this is something that is very important because as I started following Jesus, I started realizing that my circle wasn't following Jesus. So I had a battle there because a lot of times what I wanted to do is I wanted to serve God. But then my friends were telling me, bro, you're a fanatic. I think you're going to church too much or man, one night out. There's no problem with that. It's all good. You know, it's good if you could get, you know, you could get high just once a week. Oh, once a month, like there's no problem with that. So my biggest battle was that my, it was my friend group. It was the people that I was around and I didn't want to let go of them, you know, because I felt like no one understood me like they understood me. And that's what happens sometimes in the church. Believe it or not, a lot of people outside the church sometimes understands us more than the people inside the church. And why? I got this from a pastor and this is what I love to do. If you come here Friday nights and you're connecting and you're watching this, I love to be hot. I love to be honest, open, and transparent because I think that that's what's missing in the church nowadays. It's we have a, just a face of everything is perfect and I'm living perfect lives and I don't got temptations and I don't have any problems. And that's the total opposite. You know, we're going through stuff. We go through stuff. But you know what? In the midst of what I go through, I have Jesus with me. And I think that's the difference between me and someone else out there and between the difference between of that group that I had of friends that versus now the ones that I have is that I have Jesus in my heart now. I don't need to look for those things. I don't need to seek the things from the outside. So studies have shown that having strong social connections and supportive friendships is linked to a better mental health, increased life satisfaction, and reduces stress levels. So it's very important that The people that are around us can affect what? Our mental health. They can affect our emotions. And they can even reduce our stress levels. And this is not just for friendships. This is for relationships as well. Finding the right relationship for our lives. You know, especially as us young people, we always love to like, a lot of us don't like being alone. A lot of people, we jump into relationship and relationship because we just don't like being alone. I've had cousins, friends of mine that just never like to be home. They always need to be out because when they're out and they're around people, their heart just feels satisfied and they feel like, you know, uh, they feel loved. So friendships shape our behavior, attitudes, beliefs, and they play a crucial role in personal growth and character development. And you might be like, all right, Jimmy, but where does this say this in the Bible? Is this just another motivational message? It's not. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 13, verse 20. It says, walk with the wise and become wise. Associate with fools and get in trouble. Look at that. The Bible talks about that if you want to be a wise person, then walk with wise people. But if you want to get in trouble, then associate yourself with foolish people. So God is telling us from the get, he's letting us know that your circle matters. The people that are around you matter. You know what I mean? Like the people you talk to at work, everything matters. And I, a thing that I was kind of just instilled in my heart and I was brought up with this just false teaching or this false idea of, of friendships and relationships is this. That once you come to Jesus, you can't have any friends. That once you come to Jesus, you got to let everybody go. That once you come to Jesus, you got to cut everything. There's a half truth to that. 
You know what I mean? Like you need to distinguish what are godly friends in your life and what are non-godly friends in your life. And there's certain people that God has placed in our lives that are not godly, but you need to keep them around because God called you to influence their life. God called you to touch their lives. You know, so we can't be quick to just be like, I'm in Jesus now. Goodbye. Like, you know, you don't want to come to church. You know, you're still smoking a blunt. You're still drinking. You're still cursing. Like, goodbye. I can't be around that. No, we we can't go to the extremes of things. And this is why tonight we're going to learn on what are the characteristics and what are the signs of a godly friendship or a godly relationship. So number one is A characteristic and a sign of a toxic friendship or relationship is, number one, manipulation and control. Someone who's always manipulating you and controlling you is a sign and a characteristic of an ungodly friendship or relationship. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 16, verse 28, a troublemaker plants seeds of strife and gossip separates the best of friends. Have you ever been around those people? that just isolate you from your friends, that suddenly you start getting around them or even in a relationship that you've been, a toxic relationship that, you know, next thing you know, they start telling you, man, I don't want you to hang out with these people anymore. I don't like you spending too much time with your family. You know, they like to control you and like to manipulate you. That's a sign of a, of a toxic relationship in your life that you need to look, you know, as I'm talking, you need to look around your circle group and start identifying who are these people in your life that could be toxic, that who can control you. The Bible says that gossip separates the best of friends. You can be so close to someone, but because of one gossip, because of someone saying something wrong, something that is not even true can damage the best of friends. That's why we got to be careful when we're around our people, what you're saying. If that person is your real friend, what are you doing going around and talking behind their back? Because that gossip could even separate one of your closest friends, and I brought an example. This is you right now. Let's say this is you with godly friendships, godly relationships. You came to Jesus, you want to change a life, or you just want to follow God even more. This is you right now, right? Say you're that clean cup, all right? And I'm going to use this example as this is what happens, okay? Say you start associating yourself with unhealthy friendships, like number one, I said, manipulation and control. You start associating yourself with people that are just gossip everywhere. And all they're doing is just gossiping, talking bad. They're controlling you. They're manipulating you. They're telling you, yo, why are you going to that church? You're going to church too much. You know, come be with me instead. Let's hang out instead. Nah, you don't need that. And they start, a lot of friends then just telling you or relationships just start telling you, nah, I don't like that church. Look what they do with that church. Look what they do here. Look what they do there. And they start manipulating you and and then putting gossip and putting just lies in your head and in your mind that suddenly you're like oh yeah you're right yeah they do do that at that church oh yeah you're right that person didn't say hi to me today oh yeah yeah you're right like like my mom was acting different today yeah you're right like my dad was acting different today oh yeah my sister like I don't know what's wrong with her today like she got some attitude you know suddenly people started putting just toxic things and controlling you and manipulating your mind and i think that's one of the biggest things in relationships is manipulation and control and this is what happens look this is the example of unhealthy friendships let's say this is unhealthy friendships right you're right here this is you you want to serve god it's a clean water this is what happens someone who is you know manipulating you and controlling you Do you see that when oil is placed in water, the oil doesn't come together with the water? You can see that it creates its own layer, and it looks dirty, right? 
That's exactly what unhealthy relationships are doing in our life and our walk with Jesus. They start creating another layer in our lives that want to separate us from the godly relationships. The godly relationships is the clear water and the unhealthy ones is the, is the oil right here. And you see they're both separated. That's what unhealthy relationships want to do to our lives. They want to separate us be from God. They want to separate us from our godly relationships. So number two, constant drama and conflicts. Like, I'm giving you guys these signs so you guys, when you guys go out of here and you guys want to make godly fr friendships and relationships, look for the opposite of these things. Look for the opposite of a manipulative person and a controlling person. Okay? Look at the opposite of number two, constant drama and conflicts. And I got Bible for you for all of these things. Proverbs chapter 22, verse 24 to 25 says, Make no friendship with a man given to anger, nor go with a wrathful man. Lest you learn his ways and entangle yourself in a snare. Have you ever been around those people that are just always negative? That you go around them and all they do is just speak to you negative vibes, give you negative vibes. Like they come outside and they see that like it's cloudy, cloudy and you're like, yo man, today's going to be a bad day. It's going to rain. You know, like go back home. Ah, nah, man, those people are going to be there at church. I don't want to go. You know, there's not that many people coming to church. Like, ah, let's not go there. You know, when people start telling you all these things, they're constant drama and constant conflicts. They're always pinpointing the smallest little details of what's wrong. You know, and the Bible tells us that it says make no friendship with a man given to anger. In other words, God is telling you, stop being close around people and keep people outside of your circle that all they do is just angry the whole time. They're just yelling at you the whole time. You ever been in a relationship with a boyfriend or a girlfriend and everything they do is just yell at you, want to fight with you? Like, that's toxic. God does not want that around you in your life. And believe it or not, that what it starts doing, it starts dividing you between God. Because next thing you know, you're giving your time to the anger of the problems and you're not giving that time to God anymore. Have you ever had someone that you're really close to, whether a relationship, a sibling, a brother, that suddenly they start acting up with you and then they just ruin your mood? Has that ever happened to you when like you love that person just so much that everything they do just affects you, whether it's a good thing or a bad thing, it just brings you and makes you feel some type of way. That's exactly what ungodly relationships do. Next thing you know, you woke up happy. You woke up that you wanted to pray today. You wanted to read your Bible. And then somebody came with anger, with manipulation and control, ruined your whole mood. Next thing you know, you're like, man, I don't want to pray anymore. Man, I don't want to go to church anymore. Man, I don't want to read the Bible anymore. And in, in school. You know, people who are just always want to fight with you, always want to tell you off, always got something to say to you. Is that the people that you want to have around you? I don't think so. And I started, and this is the, these are steps and things that I, when I started walking with God, had to look at my friend group and be like, man, are they manipulating me? Are they controlling me? You know, is it constant drama and conflicts all around? Are they always gossiping, always judging you? You know, people who are always judging you, people who are just always telling you things, you know, people who just, you, everything you do is a judgment. Everything you do is like, nah, you messed up. Nah, you did this wrong. No, you did that wrong. No, you did this wrong. You know, we don't need those people around our lives. Those things are separating you between God. So number three, people feeling drained and emotionally exhausted. Have you ever felt people who just take your energy out? Like, you woke up good and everything, and out of nowhere, you're like, man, you're tiring me. Every single day, you're tiring me. You know, whether it be a relationship, 
whether it be a friendship, whether it be a, you know, like if you married, man, you got you to gotta rock that boat. You know, but like if you're not married and, and you're looking for a relationship or you're just looking to be around people around you that are godly, you know, if they're constantly draining you and they're constantly, you know, just they don't support you. You tell them, have you ever had people like this? People like Joseph's brothers in the Bible where Joseph had a dream, the Bible says. And Joseph shared that dream with his brothers. And you know what happened? The Bible says that as Joseph was sharing these dreams with the bro- their brothers, the Bible says that their brothers hated him even more because of the dream that he had. How many of you guys ever had a vision and a dream and have ever told one of your friends and then your friends are like, bro, you're never going to get to that. What are you doing? You tell them you want to follow Jesus and they're like, and they start laughing at you and they're like, yo, what's wrong with you? Like, who are you now? You ever had those people where you tell them, man, like, I just want to get closer to God. I just want to read the Bible. I just want to go to church. You know, I remember when I would go out and if he's watching me because he tends to watch my stuff, man, I love you. You know who you are. Um, I remember I went out with him once. I was struggling in my walk with God. I went to a bar and I went with him. And I was chilling with him, and he brought one of his friends, and he would always bother me, and he would always tell me, um, if I would order a drink or something, he's like, yo, man, the pastor, look at the pastor here, you know, grabbing a drink. And I wasn't at the pastor at that time. Uh, he just knew that I was a Christian trying to, like, struggle in my walk, right? And those are the things that, believe it or not, comments like that, little by little, they start getting to you. Little by little, you're like, you know what, yeah, maybe, maybe I'm too into God. Maybe I'm following this, this godly, you know, thing a little bit too much. So the Bible says in Proverbs 17, 17, a friend loves at all times and a brother is born for adversity. Listen to this. A friend loves you at all times. You want to find godly friends? Make sure they love you at all times. When you up in your highs and when you up in your lows. You know, like when I first started my social media, I had a good 20, 30 followers of my friends, close friends of mine. And now that that thing took off, everyone wants to be my friend. A friend loves you when you got nothing and then when you got something. A friend loves you when you're depressed and anxious and also love you when you're happy and you're in a good relationship. You know, a real friend, if you tell them, hey, I'm going to church today because I need help. Because I want to serve God, because I want to get my act together, because I want to serve God. And they tell you, you know what, man, I support you. Go do your thing. Even though they may not come with you, but they're supporting you and telling you to go, that's a true friend. But if you got friends telling you that you, they know you're anxious, they know you're dealing with depression, they know you're dealing with addictions, and they tell you, nah, man, like, a drink will solve that out. You know, are you feeling depressed and anxious? Man, go smoke a blunt and you'll be chill. If a friend is telling you to do all these things, then let me tell you, that's not a true friend. Because the Bible says a friend loves at all times. Whether you're poor, whether you're broke, or whether you're rich, a a friend will always love you. It does not matter what you do. And even if there's some hardships in that relationship, let me tell you, if a real friend loves you, they will stick. If a real relationship, a girlfriend or a boyfriend really loves you, it doesn't matter the things you are going through. They will stick with you throughout that whole journey and that whole process. And the Bible says that a brother is born for adversity. You want to know your true friends, your true brothers, the true people that love you? When you're going through adversity, check who's checking up on you. You want to know what a true friend is, a true brother? When you're dealing with depression, addictions, anxiety... When you're going through a lot of stuff, check who's there for you. Because let me tell you, those who are there for you then will be there for you when you're up. And I, had to, and I had to distinguish that when I was battling in my walk with Christ, when I was dealing with addictions, when I was dealing with just a lot of, men, with just a lot of anxiety, a lot of depression, who was there for me in those moments? 
And this is the thing, that a lot of us put our trust in so many friendships in God. And let me tell you, your number one friend and your number one person you can always rely on is Jesus Christ. That's it. That's it. You, anyone in this world can fail you. The Bible says mother and father can leave you. But there is one person who will never leave your life, and that is Jesus. So in the midst of me going through all these things and having so many friends leave me, so many people just not want to talk to me, they will look at like I'm the weirdo here trying to serve God because society tells us that serving God and following Jesus and, 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 and staying pure and not having sex before marriage and like staying like pure, they, they think that that's, that's not right. They make fun of you thinking you're not a man. You know how many times in high school... The people would be like, yo, bro, are you straight? Because I wasn't in relationships like that. Because I would guard myself. Because I guarded the purity that was in my heart. The purity that God gave me. But if I listened to all these things and I listened to the voices of all these people, then you know what? It's, it was going to happen. What's happening to this water right now? It's getting polluted. It's not mixing in well with the water. Why? Because of the negative influences that we have in our lives. And I'm here to tell someone that is maybe watching me or those that are here tonight, we got to check ourselves before we break ourselves. And that's a harsh reality that is so true that I had to learn that. Jimmy, either you, either, you, know, you check yourself or you break yourself. And I'm going to give this as a testimony. And I don't want to offend any of my friends that might be watching. But like I said, I like to be honest, open, and transparent here. I remember there was a Friday night service at a church I used to go to. This was probably, I was... 19 years old, 20 years old, it's probably five years ago. Maybe some of you guys heard this story. I came at a youth service, and the person I was talking to at that time was like, man, let's go to the park, and, and they're like, you know, let's, uh, let's go light a blunt. I was struggling in my walk with God at this time, and I was like, yeah, let's go. You know, I was with it. I was like, I had lost all fear of God. I didn't care. I went, and on top of that, we brought other people from the church. Look what a bad friend is. I also got to put myself in that position that I was once manipulative. I was once controlling. I once just was angry at everyone, just wanted to just do a bunch of nonsense, a bunch of craziness. And I remember I went. We brought a couple of people, and we went to the park, and we listened to this. After a, after a Friday night service where we were worshiping, hearing the word, everything, I come out, and we all start smoking. We all start doing all these things. Listen to this. And... In that moment, and there were people who, there was one, people there who, you know, completely had stopped. Jesus had changed their life, but because of a bad influence, look what I started doing to their lives. You know what I mean? And this is why I'm telling you, just because they go to church, it don't mean they're living right. That's why we got to be real careful who's around us. The people that are with us. A, a real friend loves at all times. But a brother is born for adversity. Have you ever been in a relationship where you just love, 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 but you never get anything back? Where you're just giving, 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 and you never receive anything back? We need to elevate our friendships. We need to elevate our friend groups. We need to check the people that are around us. Amen? Number four, unhealthy competition and jealousy. Galatians 5.26 says, let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. 
Jealousy is so bad. Have you ever been those people who are just around you and they're around you and they just want to be close to you because they just want to see every single move that you do so they can always one-up you? Have you ever been around those people where they're just always, they want to be close to you because they just want to know your next move. They want to see what you're doing. They want to see all of these things to always just do things better than you. Have you ever just that jealousy of like, you know, you got, I've seen it. I've heard it of friends that, you know, people would come to me for advice that they're good friends with somebody. And that friend doesn't like this person having any other friends than just that one friend. Like I said, what these unhealthy relationships start doing is this into our lives. They start unhealthy friendships. They start just dividing ourselves from God. You can be on fire for God. You can be praying every single day. And suddenly that one friend hits you up, tells you something bad, invites you somewhere, does this, does, does that. And next thing you know, you find yourself not praying the same, not reading the Bible the same. You find yourself just slowly, little by little, taking steps back. And next thing you know, when you open your eyes, you're in the world again. You're doing things that you shouldn't be doing again. And jealousy goes hand in hand with manipulation and control. All right? And number five, they hinder your spiritual growth. Proverbs 27, 17 says, iron sharpens iron. And one man sharpens another. People who are not making you grow, you need to check that relationship. If they're not pushing you to the next level, if they're not pushing you to read the Bible more, if they're not pushing you to seek God more, if they're not pushing you to come to church, if friends that are around you in high school, in college, outside of college, at your workplace, they just push you to go drink, they push you to go do this, they push you to go curse, they push you to go all do all these things, but they're not pushing you to really seek God, man, we really need to reconsider our friend group. We really need to reconsider the things that are happening because a real friend won't hinder you from spiritual growth. Like I said, if they're pushing you to go to church, pushing you to seek help, then that's a real friend. But people who are keeping us away, we need to cut those things. And there's a lot of people here that are probably watching or here sitting down, and I feel this very strong in my heart. God has told you it's time to let that go. It's time for you to stop doing these things. It's time for you to stop hanging out with these people. Do you know how many times I've prayed for people who are dealing with pornography, with masturbation, with uh, drug addiction, and I pray for them, right? And then they feel great. They feel delivered. And you know what happens the next day? Two to three days later, they're feeling good. Everything is good. And then out of nowhere, just someone comes and is like, man, let's go do this. Man, let's go do that. Yo, do you see that girl over there? And little by little... That freedom of yours started getting contaminated. Little by little, those things that they were saying to you started affecting you. Because that's the thing. That's why our friendship is so, and the people around is so crucial. Because you could pray 8, 9, 10 hours a day. But if the people around you are not, are affecting you in a bad way, then it don't matter how long you pray, they're going to get to you. They're going to get to you. Because this is the thing, the Bible says that the devil is like a, a, a roaring lion, the Bible says. He acts like a roaring lion. What does that mean? The devil is always looking at, at your weakest. The devil always wants to attack you at your weakest. When you're late at night by yourself, where you're feeling lonely, where you're feeling sad, that's when the devil wants to attack you. That's when he starts putting thoughts of, of suicide in your life. That's when he starts telling you no one loves you. You're good for nothing. You're never going to get married. That divorce you're going through, it's going to destroy you. You know, that's what the devil loves to do when at your lowest moment, he loves to attack you. 
He knows how to get to us. He knows our weakest moments. And that's why you need to be around people that are going to support you and that are going to push you. And that in your weakest moments, when you feel like you can't pray, they're going to help you to pray. Amen? I heard once, listen to this. If you look at the people in your circle and they don't inspire you, get you closer to God, motivate you, make you pray more, read the Bible more, then you don't have a circle. You have a cage. I'm going to repeat that one more time. If the people around you, they don't inspire you to get closer to God, they don't motivate you, they don't push you to pray more, they don't push you to read the Bible, then that's not a circle. You're inside a cage. And God wants to break you free from that cage tonight. God wants to set you free from that cage, that imprisonment. Because you know what? There's something called invisible prisons. What's invisible prisons? Depression? Jealousy? Addictions? All those things are invisible prisons. You can be walking around. No one knows you're dealing with those things. But inside of you, you're locked up. You're in the cage. There's a lot of you who come here, happy face, worship, but you're dealing in a toxic, you're in a toxic relationship. You're in a toxic friend group. Those are invisible prisons. And the Spirit of God came to set us free from those things. Because the Bible says that where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. There is freedom. So if the Spirit of God is in your life, what He desires for you and what He wants to do in your life is cause you to be free. He wants you to live a life of freedom. There is no such thing as walking with God and being addicted to things. And if you're dealing with them, God wants to set you free. It is the will of God for you to be free. It's not the will of God for you to be dealing with all these things. Jesus Christ did not die on the cross 2,000 years ago just for nothing. For you to continue battling with the same battles that your mom and your dad were battling, you know, when, when they were your age. God wants to break generational curses and cycles off our lives. That if your mom and your dad were dealing with those things, these things, you will not deal with them. The Spirit of God came to set us free, to open up these cages, to take us out of these cages of anxiety, of depression, of loneliness, of jealousy. I'm good for nothing, of low self-esteem. I'm never going to amount to nothing. And number six, and this is the last one. Check this out. Negative influences and peer pressure, compromising personal values and beliefs. And this is the biggest one. The Bible says, this is one of my favorite Bible verses. Check this out. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 33. It says, do not be deceived. Bad company ruins good morals. Man, I love that verse. You want to know why? Because you could be a good person. You could be trying to serve God with your heart. But if you surround yourself with bad company, it's going to ruin your good morals. Like God already told you already. You could love God with all your heart. You could be trying to walk in holiness. You can be trying to be praying, trying to get closer to God, and however that looks like for you. But if you have bad company, those bad company is going to ruin those good morals inside your heart. And that's exactly what happened to me. I don't know who here, I don't know if, you, if some are too young, but maybe the people in the back. Y'all remember the D.A.R.E. program? You guys ever had D.A.R.E. in school? All right. I remember when I was in D.A.R.E., I told every, I, I, I would hear all the consequences of drinking, you know, all these things, drugs and everything, and I was like, heck no, I'm never doing this. I remember being in high school. I was about senior year, never tried any drug, nothing at that time, nothing. I was clean. Um, I remember one of, my, one of the guys took out from the um, book bag, I think it was cocaine or something. He's like, bro, after school, let's go. And I was like, nah, bro, like, I don't mess with that. Like, I don't do that. I, like, I don't do those things, right? Because 
at high school, like, I wouldn't just hang out with just everybody. It was that guy who was like, I was funny. I made so many people laugh, and I was friendly with everyone. But when it came to my circle, like, I wasn't really like that with people. And I was really on fire for God during that time. It was till after I graduated high school that I started really growing up, and I wanted to experience, like, the real world, you know, and experience that fun that they talk to you about, but it's not really fun. Like, I've been there, done it. It's really not that fun. You know, waking up the next day not knowing what happened the night before, there's no fun in that. You know, like not even knowing what happened that night. Like there is no, nothing fun with that. And I always tell young people, and don't be dumb like I was, feeling like I needed to try it to then be like I'm good with it. Because what happened with me is that I tried it and I stayed stuck in that. And that's the biggest problem is trying something and getting stuck in it. You know what I mean? Oh, no, but it's just a drink, man. Oh, no, it's just a little puff. It's just a little hit. Yeah, that one hit becomes in a whole addiction. Nah, man, it's just, it's just one image. It's just one website. You know, I just, I just want to see something. I just want to know how it looks. I just want to see how they do it. And if you know what I mean, you know what I mean. And that little website click, next thing became an addiction in your life. Do you know what I mean? I remember. I know there's some young little kids here. Some of them, you'll cover your, eye, cover your ears. I remember being in high school, having people come up with me on their phones and literally showing me porn straight up on their phone and be like, yo, look. And they're laughing, having fun, thinking it's all good. You know, but subconsciously, that does something to you, believe it or not. And nowadays, in our generation, at the time we're living in 2023, it's so e easy. You don't need to go on no porn website to watch porn. It's right on on Instagram, on Facebook. And that one click, that one thing does something to you. And next thing you know, all my friends are talking about it. Oh, yeah, I do this, I do that, I watch this, this. And I'm just like, next thing you know, all those influences were contaminating my life. And even though I was raised up Christian, raised up with good morals, bad companies started ruining my good morals. And you know what this is? This is what happens. When you're not strong, when you don't have a strong character and you're weak inside and you're just a people pleaser, you know, because I'm going to be honest and I don't, have, I don't have any shame in that. God delivered me from that. I used to have to please people. I was a people pleaser. The first time I ever smoked was because I didn't want to feel left out. Everyone was doing it. I was like, yeah, 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 I'm going to do it because I was scared to feel rejected. I was scared to feel like, what is this guy doing? I was tired of that. So the first time I ever did it was because of peer pressure. And that's why your circle, you got to be, you got you to gotta really take care of your circle because peer pressure is real. When people push you to do things. When people are telling you, yo, bro, get, break up with that girl, but that girl is doing so much for you. When that girl is pushing you to serve God, but all your friends are like, no, no, that's not good for you, man. Go find someone better. Go find yourself a thick girl. Go find yourself someone who got these qualities. Watch your circle. This is real big because it could damage your destiny. Believe it or not, the people around you can damage the destiny God has for your life. God has this direction for you, but these other people want to ruin it and take you through another direction. You know? The steps of a good man, the Bible says, are ordered by the Lord. God, is good, God has, has a clean pathway for you. But the reason why you're going through so much turbulence and so much trouble is because the people that are around you are injecting you with so much garbage, telling you, yo, let's go do this. Yo, let's go do that. You know how many people I had to, people in my friend group want to pull me out of church? Tell me, bro, like you're too young for this. Do it later on in your life. I had people from the church that I came with, there was a lot of church hurt, and people were like, bro, all the pastors are the same. Bro, pastors, all they do is just hurt you. Leaders, all they do is just hurt you. You imagine if I let that get to me, where I would be right now? I'll be honest with you guys. I don't even know if I'd be alive right now. 
And as every Sunday night goes, you guys are going to hear more about my testimony and be, share more of the things that I went through. And I'm not ashamed or open to say it because, you know what, God set me free. And, and, and that's why I got so much joy in it because I don't say it from a point of or from a position of hurt or from a position of like, dang, like this really happened to me. No, I'm, I say it out of position of like, yo, God set me free. I know I'm no longer bound to these things. You know, like I don't need to go drink and I don't need to be around all these people to feel good and to feel happy around. Because that's the thing is that us young people, we love that acceptance. We love to be accepted. We love like, oh, wow, you did good. Oh, man. Yeah, this person is cool. You're a cool person. Oh, like, you like doing this? Yeah, come be with me. We got to break that. That's what the enemy does. So if you start leaning into what people say about you, and the next thing you know, they start peer pressuring you, what did I say this was? This was unhealthy relationships, right? Now this, you know what this is? This is toxic influences. This is what happens when you start listening to what friends say about. When you start, when you start listening to what friends are telling you to do. You were going to church. And they start telling you, yo, come out with me. Yo, just one time. Just have one drink. You know, just do this. And they start peer pressuring you to do different things. This is what happens to you. You see what happens? Now it's no longer separated. You started off like this. This is how God wants you. This is how God wants you. This is the relationships God wants you to have. This is the marriage God wants you to have. This is the boyfriend and girlfriend God wants you to have. This is the relationship, the family that God wants you to have. This is the daughter, the son that God wants you to have. God wants you to be like this as a father, like this as a mother. This is what God has for you. But you know what? When you start compromising principles, when you start, you know you should have been doing this, and there's something inside of you telling you not to do this, because let me tell you, that inner still small voice, yeah, that's the Holy Spirit. Because in the midst of me doing all these things, there was a small inner still voice inside of me that would tell me, yo, don't do it. Hey, don't do that. Yo, stop doing that. And there was only a few times that I would obey. And the moment that I would obey and leave, something happened in that moment. And God set me free from that. So that inner still small voice inside of you, because there's a lot of people like, man, I don't hear the Holy Spirit. I don't hear the voice of God. That little thing that tells you, yo, don't go here. Take that left turn instead of taking that right turn. I don't know who's ever happened to me. I'm driving, and suddenly God, I feel like the Lord tells me, don't go through that way, and I don't go through that way. Maybe God was avoiding me from an accident. I don't know, but I'm listening to that inner still small voice. And when, you know, in those moments when people are telling you compromise, when people are telling you, yo, it's, it's not bad to do this. Man, just, you know, go, go lay down with her one more time. Hey, go back to that toxic relationship again. Hey, go back to that friendship again. Go back to that same group again. Go back to the same girl again that was keeping you away from God. Go back to that same guy again who was abusing you and mistreating you. Go back again to that same place. When the enemy keeps telling you those things and you compromise and you obey, this is what happens to you. Now you're contaminated completely. You're messed up inside. You're dealing with so many things inside. When the will of God is for him to have you like this. This is God's will for you. He wants you pure. He wants you clean. Bad company ruins good morals. And this is it right here. Bad company ruins good morals. Who wants to look like this? No one, right? Who wants to look like this? You guys want to look like this? No. It's not God's will for you to be like this. Now, who here wants to look like this? Who wants to feel like this? I want to feel like that. I want to wake up with peace in my heart. I want to go to sleep with peace in my heart. 
I don't want to be going through things. And, I, and, and, and am I telling you that you're going to live a cute, beautiful life when you follow Jesus? Nah, no. Like, that's the biggest lie people have said is that when you come to Jesus, he solves everything out. No, he doesn't solve everything out, but he gives you the strength to overcome them. That's the difference when you follow Jesus. As the world and the people outside are struggling and trying to do things in your own strength, when you follow Jesus, he gives you the strength to overcome them. Because the Bible says, do not worry. You are going to go through many afflictions in this world. But don't worry, Jesus said, for I have overcome the world. And if my heavenly father, my savior, and my Lord overcame the world, what makes you think that he won't give me the power to overcome it as well? Amen? Amen? We guys could clap for the Lord. It's okay. It's okay. So this topic was so dear to my heart because it's what stopped me from getting to places that God had called me to be. It was messing around with the wrong people, being around with the wrong people. All right? And I always get this question, and I'm going to answer real quick right here to not take too long. Can I be friends with other people from other religions? It's a question. That I, I got asked a lot. Um, I made, I did this podcast on, 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 I don't know what it was. And someone DM'd me. I actually got, I asked on my stories. I was like, oh, like, what are the topics you guys want me to talk about? And the number one thing that I got was, uh, can, can, I, can I date? Can I marry? Or can I be friends with other people from other religions that don't have the same beliefs as I do and whatnot? And I'm going to say this before I, before I give you Bible. Actually, let me give you Bible first, and then I'll say what I got to say. Um... The Bible says this in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 14. Pay attention to this. Do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers. Listen to what this says. For what part partnership has righteousness with lawlessness? Or what fellowship has light with darkness? God is basically telling us you can't be yoked with unbelievers but now let me dissect it let me take it deeper because a lot of people then they take this bible verse and then they trying to tell you don't talk to anyone outside in the streets you know don't be cool with anybody and that no god does not want you to like be a loner and live with nobody jesus believes in relationships like he himself was surrounded with his 12 disciples who before you know before they came to him they were sinners they weren't following him and nothing like that he took them in and he changed them you know what I mean? So what does this mean is don't be unequally yoked. Is There's a lot of people who get married with someone who doesn't believe in the same things you believe in. That's a big problem. That's going to be a big problem later on. Maybe right now it's all cute and butterflies and they accept it and everything. But once you got two, three years into that relationship, we're going to know really if they want to go to church every Sunday morning. Do you know what I mean? And I was asked this because someone was like, uh, I got a DM from someone. They were like, oh, um, I'm going through a lot of marriage problems, and I'm not married. So I was like, man, I'll give you to my best of my knowledge what I can from what I know from the Bible. But I was reading the whole person's story, and the whole story that they were telling me was that how they got married, and then the person just doesn't want to serve God, you know, started believing in another God, in another religion. And let me tell you, that's what the Bible says. Don't be unequally yoked. That's why young people who are here who are not married looking for a boyfriend, girlfriend, like don't get just married with the person. You got to know what's that person's purpose as well you know you got to know what they're after because if they're not after the same thing you're after then let me tell you you're gonna have a lot of conflicts there was a young there was a man he came to our church he was talking to my dad and he was like look I loved I love I love to prophesy I love to move in the gifts of the spirit but my wife told me if I continue doing that she's gonna get a divorce with me so I stopped walking in those things because she thinks it's weird listen to that that's why you need to marry someone and you need to look at someone with purpose. 
ask them, what are you called to do? Like, what, what are you trying to do? You know, because, like, this is my life. And, and I'll put myself as an example before I put anyone else out there. I'll put myself an example. Check this out. I'm a pastor now. I got sent out in, Feb- in February, right? The girl that I'm, I'm going to talk to needs to know that, hey, this is my life. This is what I'm going to do. Like, I'm a pastor. Like, I preach. This is my life. You know, like, what are you called to do? Because it's not just are you okay with it. Is it are you going to support it? And what are you also called to do? Because if they're even matched, then I think we're good. We won't be an unequal, yoked person. But there's people who want, that get married, they, they have a passion for God, and next thing you know, their passion dies out. And now going to that question of, like, can I have friends from other religions? Yes, you can. Now, this is the only thing, though. If they're influencing you and you're not influencing them, that's a big problem. And this is the thing where I've seen a lot of young people in church where they bring, they get into a relationship outside of the church, like outside someone that's not Christian, and they bring them to church and they're like, I'm going to change this person. God's going to use me to change this person. Let me tell you, that is the biggest lie the enemy could tell you because you can't change anybody. God changes that person. And that person should seek God not because he's with you or you're with them. They should seek God because genuinely they want to know God and want to be changed. Because if not, what's going to happen is that if you leave or if, you know, you, you stop coming close to God or if you leave church, then that means that person's also going to leave. Meaning their intentions were never to get with you because they really wanted to know God. Their intentions to get with you was, hey, I want to get with you. And to do that, okay, I got to go to church, then I'll do it. That's an unequally yoked thing. Like, you can't change anybody. I don't know who needs to hear this, but you can't change that person. You can't change that person. The only person who has the power to change someone is Jesus Christ. You can pray for that person, for sure. Pray for that person. Pray for that family member. Pray for that friend. But stop trying to change that person. And stop trying to lie to yourself thinking you're going to change that person. No. From right now, the people that I've spoken to, all the people who have told me, man, I brought this person or I brought this girl or I brought this guy to church and I'm bringing them because I really like them and I want to be with them, but I, I want God to change them. Listen, we're already going through a path that, and I'm not saying can I, God not do it. Yes, he can, but you got to be wise in those moments and you really got to know it's from the Lord, you know? So yes, you can be friends with other people from other religions. Yes, you can be friends with people who are worldly. This is the thing though. You need to influence them. It like, and, and, and that's the biggest thing is that if you're not influencing them and they're influencing you, you know, that's an unequally yoked person. That's when I would tell you, man, you got to stop being around with this person. You guys got me? Yeah. Only God can change that person. And there's biblical examples. I won't get deep into it. If you guys want to in your own personal Bible study time. You know, or maybe later on we can get into it. There's examples of godly relationships that you can go in the Bible and study them. And I recommend you to study these godly relationships in your life so you can be like, this is what a real friend is. And it's David and Jonathan, number one. You know, they were loyal. They supported each other. Selfishness, selfish. They were selfless in their friendship. You know, like Jonathan even died for the sake of David. Like that's a real friend, one that dies for another person. You know what my dad once told me? My parents are married for 32 years. And my dad told me, you know when you're getting ready, you know when you're ready for marriage, he told me? When you're ready to die for the other person to live. That's how you know you're ready for marriage. And I was like, wow. Because he's like, when, he's like, when you get married, you're also going to your funeral. Because you, you don't live anymore. You live to make that other person happy, and that other person lives to make you happy. 
And that's the mentality us young people we need to have. And I listen to my dad so much because, hey, 32 years of marriage, you don't see that anymore nowadays. You know, nowadays you think it's just a piece of paper you fill out and you divorce. It's not God's will for people to get divorced. God wants a stable and healthy marriage. And if you're going through something like that, God is going to give you the grace and the wisdom to overcome these things. Amen? But we need to... We need to know that even in friendships, if you want to keep a healthy friendship with people, you need to die to certain things. And what do you mean, Jimmy, by dying? I mean, like, if this person wants this and you don't want it, you're going to have to say yes to that and deny your own desires, you know, to keep that friendship going, to keep that relationship going. So if you're not ready for that, then I always tell young people, that's how you know you're ready to be in a relationship with someone. When you're ready to give up stuff for the other person to make them happy. And if you're not ready for that, then listen, pull back and continue working yourself. God will give you the right time for you to do those things. Amen? Paul and Timothy, you know, Paul was the mentor, was the spiritual father of Timothy. He mentored him, he encouraged him, and shared missions in their relationship. Number three, Jesus and his disciples. We can study that. How, you know, emphasize the, like, the, the intimacy, the love, the, transform- the transformative power of their friendship. Amen? And this. And I'm going to end here. Steps to detox from toxic influences. How do I do it now? How do I do it? I just gave you guys all the list or some of them of certain people you should stay away from. Now this is it. How do I, you know, detox from these influences? And it's number one by evaluating your circle. After what I just said right now, if you guys got something a little bit or remembered something, just now look at your friends. Look at the people around you and ask yourself, you know, evaluate them. You know, assess the impact of friendships on your spiritual journey. Are they helping you grow? Are they pushing you to seek God? What are they doing to you? Consider whether your friends align with your values and your beliefs. You know, stop compromising your values and your beliefs. This is big for us young people. Stop compromising for people. Look, if you don't, if you don't, if what they do, you don't do. Let your, the Bible says, let your no be a no and your yes be a yes. Stand up for your truth. Stand up for your values, whether people like it or whether they don't. That's who you are. You know, you're made up of values. You're made up of principles. And if that person is not okay with that, then let me just, you know, say it clear to you. They're not meant for you. And that's okay. You're not called to be friends with everybody. It's okay for people not to like you. It's okay for people to reject you. It's okay for people to call you fanatic. It's okay for people to call you crazy. It's okay for people to call you weird. It's okay. You're not called to be loved and and treated fine by everybody. That's why Jesus only rolled with 12. You know what I mean? He came, the Bible says that Jesus came for the people of Israel. And the people of Israel, the same people who said, Hosanna, Hosanna in the most highest, are the same one that said, crucify him, crucify him, crucify him. You're not called to be friends with everybody. God called you for a specific group. God gave you grace for certain people. And it's okay if people don't like you because you stand up for, for I'd rather respect a person who stands up for what, they, for what they believe in than a person who's easily just like, oh, yeah, I'll do it. Oh, yeah, I'll give in. Oh, yeah, whatever. I, I respect the person who tells me, nah, I can't do this because of this. Nah, sorry, man. I can't go to that, th- th- that party because I got church tonight. I got church the next day. You know what, man? I'm sorry I can't do this because I'd rather just stay home, you know, watching TV, just reading my Bible or just being with my family. Stand up for your principles. Stand up for what you believe in. 
Number two, identify toxic patterns and negative influences. Reflect on behaviors, conversations, and activities that hinder your spiritual growth. All right? Number three, listen to this one. Set boundaries and distance. That's so key. Establish healthy boundaries to protect yourself. Communicate your needs and limits respectfully. Tell them. This is why I told you. If you have people who are toxic in your, in your friend group, people who are influencing you to look like this, people who are, you know, telling you to, you know, do this, do that, and are compromising your principles, I'm not telling you that from right now, go and cut them off and be like, hey, I'm not talking to you, or block them on your phone. Or not. I'm not telling you to do not, nothing of that. I am telling you to do this, though. Start with establishing distance. Start with communicating with them and telling them, look, I'm going to set these boundaries. Look, I, I, you want to go out anymore? Man, I'm being honest with you. Like, I don't want to do that anymore. I have a really good friend of mine. I told him that. I'm like, look, man, I'm following Jesus anymore. I, I don't do these things anymore. He's like, bro, no worries. You're good. And I was like, oh, shoot, you're a good friend. Like, thank you for that. And he's not a Christian, but he respected that I stood for my, for, for, for my beliefs, for what I believe in. All right? So start setting boundaries. Start setting limits. Start telling them, look, I'm not, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do that. And see how they act. And if they're not with it, then goodbye, Charlie. Like, peace out, man. Like, I don't want to be with you anymore. Like, it's fine. It's okay. If, God, if five friends left, that means God is going to bless me with ten more. Or God is going to put the right people around my life. But, you know, my steps are ordered by God. And God is going to put the people that need to be around me. And number three, we must seek godly relationships. Amen? Seek them. And how do you seek them? Coming to a youth service like tonight. Going to church, you know, seek to join a youth group, a Bible study, a fellowship group, and, you know, be intentional in seeking friendships. Be intentional with it. And, and, and look for those who share those same values you do. Look for friends who prioritize their relationship with God, exhibit godly character, and encourage spiritual growth. Amen? And now that you have godly relationships, how do I nourish them, Jimmy? How do I keep them? Number one, holding each other accountable to live according to God's word. If you see one of your friends fall, keep them accountable with God's word and the love of God. Because Apostle Paul said, do everything with love. Encourage them. Be like, look, you messed up, bro. If the just fall six, you know, you get up seven times. Don't worry. But, you know, try not to do it again. Next time you feel tempted to do it, next time you want to do it, call me up. Send me a text. This is how you nourish your godly relationships and your godly friendships. Hitting them up. Praying for them in public and in private. You know, don't just be like those people on Instagram that when something bad happens in the world, they're like, yo, pray yours up, but they're not really praying for it. They're not really praying for it. You know, when some, like an earthquake or something happens, they're like, pray for Turkey, pray for this, but they're not really praying. They're just putting that Instagram caption. Like, no, like actually pray for your friends. Actually pray for those people. Like actually pray for your group. Hold each other accountable. Like I said, iron, the Bible says that iron sharpens iron. So one person sharpens another. That's how you know it's a godly relationship. That person's pushing you and you're also pushing them. It's mutual. Number two, challenge and inspire one another to grow spiritually. You know, challenge them. Be like, bro, we're going to jump in a fast today. We're going to go on a fast this week. Let's fast one day. Let's fast two days. You know, man, let's go to this conference. Man, let's go to this service. Let's do this. Like you guys right now that he invited you to come through, you know, like that's awesome. That's a godly relationship. That's a godly friendship right there. Why? Because iron is sharpening iron. He's pushing you to come see God more. You know, like that's how you know you should keep those people close when you come and you're like, you know, hey, 
Like, that's why a lot of you, right before Sundays, I call you, I text you, yo, how are you guys? How are you guys doing? You guys coming? What's going on? It's not just to know if you guys are coming or not. It's like, I want to know if you guys are good. You guys need prayer? You guys need something? This is what we're here for. We're a community. It goes beyond just preaching here up, up on the altar. It's, being, it, it's showing love outside of the four walls of church as well. Amen? Number three, support and love in times of need. Support people. The Bible says that two are better than one because they have a good reward for their toil. For their toil. For they fall, one will lift up his fellow. But woo to him who is alone when he falls and has not another man to lift him up. You need to lift up people. Send someone encouragement. I remember one day I was passing by the easy pass and I paid in cash because I didn't have my easy pass. And I paid in cash and I just told the person, uh, Jesus loves you. And the person was like, wow, I needed that. Thank you. I lifted somebody up. I didn't know what the person was going through. Send a message of encouragement one day. Post on Instagram on your story. Hey, God bless everyone. Hope you guys are having a good week. Maybe someone needed that. You're the miracle that someone needs. Man, let me say that again. You're the miracle that someone needs. I always said this. There's people who are never going to read the Bible. The only Bible they're ever going to read is your life. Like, there's people who are never actually going to pick up the Bible, but if you represent Jesus and do you have the Word of God in you, people are going to see the Bible through you. People are going to see Jesus through you. I remember one day we were fixing the bathroom when we first got this place. The man was an unbeliever. He didn't know me, nothing. He comes up to my dad. And he's like, there's something different about your son. He's different. He has something inside of him that's different. I didn't say nothing to him. Just be nice to him and show him love and say what's up. But why? It's because I carry Jesus inside of me. You carry Jesus inside of you. Wherever you go, the presence of God goes with you. The Holy Spirit goes wherever you go. So when you go somewhere, the room should light up. When you go somewhere, the difference should be made. When people hear you talk, they're like, this person is something. This person is different. You know, some people told me, Jimmy, you change. You act and you talk different. I'm not changing. Jesus changed me. That's why I talk different. I look different. I walk different. I smile different because I have a joy in my heart that not the world and no one could give me only he could give me amen so and the last one is have positive influence and healthy communication the bible says walk with the wise and what you'll become wise amen so i'm gonna conclude with this we must seek friendships based on character and faith and also this we must be a good role model and a good influence for other people and I think this is where the Christian community is really attacked. Is that we talk about love, yet we hate. We say we want to win souls, but we reject the homosexual and the lesbian. We say we want souls, but we reject the drug addict, the gang member, and all these people. You know what I mean? Like, we're supposed to love one another. Now, this is the difference. We hate their sin, but we love the person. We want to win souls for Jesus. This whole thing of when you become Christian, you cut everyone off and you're mean to everybody and you're just nasty with people. And, oh, you're a sinner. You're doing this. You're doing that. Do you know how many Christians I've seen attack the gay community on social media? And let me say this. We're going to stand up for our principles, but I'm also going to love on them because they need love. That love that changed my life. Because let me tell you, I was not here. I wasn't born here in an altar. Like, I was messed up. I was jacked up. I had addictions. I had problems. What makes me different from them? Nothing. That we both were jacked up. But they need love. They need the love that Jesus could give. And that's why Jesus was judged the whole time. 
by the own religious people, the own Pharisees. And it's equivalent to what we're living in 2023. Jesus was judged for sitting with tax collectors, with sitting with sinners. When Jesus went out to eat, he never sat with his own Christian people. Why? Because the Christian people were always just judging, 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 and rules and rules and rules and rules. But Jesus offered love and offered grace and offered truth. Grace is, I love you in your sin, and I love you when you're messed up. Truth is, Jesus wants to change you. That's the truth. Jesus wants to change you. You were not called to live that life. Grace is, God forgives you. But truth is, stop doing that, and God wants to change you. You know what I mean? That's how you develop good friendships. How do we want to win souls for Christ if we're, the, we're judging everybody and we're only loving our Christian brothers? That's not real love. That's fake love. Like Drake, like Drake says, that's fake love right there. You know why? I said Drake and everyone's like, you know, why? Because like we are so quick to love one another here. Shake their hands. Hug them. But those that are confused outside, those that need a good message, those that honestly just need a hug. And I'm going to end with this. This generation needs a change. These young people need change in their lives. Generation Z, the millennial generation, we need a change in our lives. This world needs to be changed and shaken up and put upside down with the love of God. Because love is not an emotion. Love is not a feeling. A love is a decision. And we got to love people. You need to, when you step out of here, you need to reflect Christ in the train station, in the bus, at work, wherever you go, you need to reflect the love of Jesus. How do, how do people want to serve God when they see you all nasty every single day, in a bad mood, cursing up a storm, and then they're like, weren't you just at church right now? Like, like weren't you just inviting me to come to church and now you're doing this? And I'm not judging that person. I'm just saying we got we to gotta get our act together. As, us, us Christians, as mature Christians, we need to get our act together. We need to really follow Jesus and really show what Jesus showed, which was love. For God so what? Loved. What took him to the cross was love. The same people that persecuted and hated him and judged him and criticized him and cursed at him. Yeah, he loved. And with expecting nothing in return. That's real love. When you love people, not expecting anything in return. Love your friends. Love your people. Like I said, if they're making you turn into this... Start creating boundaries. Start creating space. That's number one. And if they don't respect your boundaries and your space, then, yo, you got to cut them. What's the point of winning the whole world and losing your own soul, the Bible says? What's the point of having all the friends, all the popularity, but you lose your own soul and you lose yourself? 